What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, the official sports bar of the Warriors Huddle. The weather's getting warm, and I cannot think of a better way to spend an afternoon or evening than sitting outside with some homies, drinking a beer, and watching a game. Luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland has me covered. They shut down the entire street next to their normal space and created an enormous outdoor section called the Town Gardens. It's got TVs everywhere, comfortable seating, and their full food and bar service. In short, it's the perfect place to watch the game with friends while enjoying this beautiful summer in the Bay. It's now our go-to spot, and hopefully we'll see you there. In fact, Bram, Marcus, and I are there all the time. So if you show up and we see you in huddle gear, you've got a beer on us. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with you for usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? No master of all things sound, Maxime, unfortunately, but I am fired up to announce that rejoining us after just way too long, the former Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, the transitioning host of the Locked On Warriors podcast, and a guy whose fantasy team is filled with injuries and just sucking huge ass in our shared league right now, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? Glad to be back on the show. I'm a little upset that you brought my fantasy stuff out to out to light here. I was trying to keep that all secret, but you know what? Maybe you just did the reverse jinx, and now that it's all out there, uh, all these guys will get healthy, and I'll actually end up winning the league. God, I, I hope feel that's, like that's the kind of luck you have. I really hope that's not true. It is the kind of luck that I have. Actually, I almost want to like re-record this open for like the fifth time now that you've pointed that out, Marcus. Uh, you joined us a little bit late to give you a sense of this. So Wes and I were talking before I hit record. I had another intro ready to go. And then I gave him a little shit about the fantasy and I could tell it was bothering him. And I decided to usher in this episode with kind of an F you intro. What do you think, man? Good idea. Bad idea. Like too hostile. Wes is pretty close to the show. So I felt good about it. Yeah. I think Wes is close enough to the show that you can just jump right in and give him shit from the beginning. But I think you absolutely jinxed yourself, and now he's going to go on a absolute fantasy tear. So enjoy that one. In once. a way, you were doing me a favor, Bram. I mean, I could. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't know what you mean, and it makes me angry that Maxime isn't here because I'd have him edit all of this. I'd have him change over <laughs> your guys' words, and you'd be like, "Ah, oh, Bram just completely screwed over Wes." Let's move on, boys. Uh, weird time in Warriors land. 
So we're halfway between two Phoenix games. Um, and I should say that at the time of this recording, we're still a good uh, 24 hours before Friday's rematch. So if something huge happens in that, we won't be talking about it today. My apologies. I promise we'll cause it or cover it next week. Um, but where we are you know, time-wise right now is in between these two. And the Warriors social media sphere is split you know, half of the people out there are going full chicken little. They are legitimately panicking. The other half are rightfully pointing out, it's November, it's one game. It doesn't mean anything. And Wes, I thought you were kind of the perfect guy to bring in this week and help us represent both sides of the coin. Um, you can imagine I'm going to be hedging towards Homer optimism. This means nothing. That was never your gig. You've covered this team pretty honestly and occasionally uh, are aggressive in your critique. So I thought you'd be really mm-hmm. solid for this. And I tell you what, let's give us some parameters and jump in. So our first segment, glass half full. You boys know how it works. Look back at recent hoop. Doesn't have to just be the Phoenix game. You can extend it if you want. Give me something you like and don't like. And Wes, I'll just turn it over to you. Get that fantasy team out of your mind. Don't worry about it, man. You know, terrible teams happen to everybody. I don't want you focused on that in any way. Tell me something good or bad uh, from your recent Warriors observations. Uh, Let's kick it off with some good stuff then. Uh the number one thing that I've noticed with this team is just how hard they play. And I'm not breaking any news there, but um, it's just all the cutting, all of the boxing out, all of this stuff that they do to kind of overcome their uh, inherent limitations or inherent flaws, whether that be size, lack of athleticism at certain positions, um, lack of isolation scoring at almost every position. Uh, They overcome all of that with just, outworking every other team on the court. Like this is not the kind of vast, all the cutting, all the boxing out, all of the, the, the rotations on defense, like for it's November basketball. Now we're in December basketball. Like teams aren't ready for this stuff, right? Like we don't like most people don't even consider that the NBA season starts until like around Christmas, right? That's sort of the unofficial start date for most people uh, for the NBA season. And and the, the warriors are out here playing like it's the playoffs already. You know what I mean? So Um, that's the part you like. I think that's had as much of a, uh, that's as much of a reason for the hot start that they've had as Steph Curry's play. Right. I think it's just like how these role players have stepped into that system. And then just to kind of take that one step further, um, this shows that this is sort of the proof of concept for what Steve Kerr and Bob Myers have both done over the last two years when everybody is calling for them to make win now moves to quote unquote, chase wins to, you know, just start running more pick and roll with Steph Curry and James Wiseman. Why don't you just do that? Uh, this is the reason why you didn't do any of that. It's because now Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Juan Descano, Anderson, all these guys know exactly how to play in that sort of cut, read and react type of offense. Because if you've been running pick and roll for the last year and a half, yep. uh, you wouldn't have been able to do what they have done to open this season. Just wouldn't have worked they proved that they were always looking beyond a single season. They, they had a much larger vision in play. And even last year's lack of success is contributing to this year's success. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to go full Homer, boys. So hold on and then tell me if I pull it off. I'm going to say something I liked from this last week was the Phoenix loss. Here's why. Stick by me. Yeah. So the Warriors have been nothing but successful, right? They are to sit atop of not only the Western Conference uh, standings heading into that Phoenix game, but the whole league's standings. They are getting showered with praise. Uh, Stephen A. was telling everybody they're the championship favorites. We've been saying pretty much that. 
But there is also some holes in their game. I mean, the easiest one, the one we're talking about over and over again, were the turnovers. That's a problem. Wes just mentioned some. Even in his praise, he pointed out, like, there's some problems. You know, some one-on-one scoring. There's some issues. Well, here's what I like about the Phoenix loss. It shows to them there's still work to be done. It highlights the areas that they, I don't know, need to improve in. And I'm not the only one saying this. I'm stealing this. Here's a quote from Steve Kerr almost immediately after the game. Quote, it's probably good for us to go through this type of game, especially early in the season. It's a good reminder that we're going to have to get a lot better. So look, admission, I lost my shit watching the Phoenix game. I was furious. I was screaming. I forgot how hard I took these losses. So it's not like I was like smugly sitting somewhere, like rubbing my hands like, yes, what a great loss. No, it, it drove me crazy. It probably cost me years of my life. But if you squint really hard and try to be optimistic, I think there's some upsides from it. So I'm going to start there. Wildly Homer take, but one I'll stick by. MT, what do you got? Um, I agree with you. I, I think I'm, I'm going to go half full as well. I think it was a good loss. Uh, and the reason being the turnovers, obviously, the kind of turnovers that they were too are, are ones that to me signal it's, it's just a game that we, we should lose when we lost to Memphis. Um, there was a point where Draymond green was dribbling the ball at the court and literally just dribbled it right and handed it right over to somebody from Memphis. And in this Phoenix game, he does the exact same thing. There are these weird moments where Draymond green just kind of can't dribble anymore. He has these weird turnovers and, backdoor passes are a little too slow or aren't quite on the money. So um, you saw a lot of that, but what I liked was that all of that happened. We had 23 turnovers. Steph had a horrible game four for 21 or whatever he was. Um, We're playing the hottest team in the league. They had won 16 in a row and we're still in it with three minutes to go. We're down what four or five. So um, I think those are all great signs. And um, to your point and, and, uh, Steve Kerr's point, you know, you, you want to hit this adversity at some point. Um, we still have a few players out as well. I mean, it's, it wasn't a good sign that the book went out and they still held it together. But I think that shows that Phoenix is a legit team and it wasn't a fluke that they made it to the finals. So they're a strong team. Um, I don't think Jay Crowder shoots that well in a seven game series. I think Aiton disappears a little bit, too. Um, and you know, like we out rebounded them. We, there's a few key statistics that we weren't supposed to do as well. We only scored four fewer points in the paint than they did. So it wasn't like this crazy, we got dominated by their size and their, their ability to outplay us. They are a great defensive team as well. They switched really well. They caught us on a bad night and we were still in it. So I think there's reason for optimism, but it's a good loss because it makes you go back and recalibrate that. We're not just going to walk through the league like we did when we had KD West. Do you hate opponents? So, I mean, I'll, let me, let me be honest with you. Transparent. Um, I revisited a hatred for the opposing team. I haven't felt this year because the Warriors have been good. And I forgot again, like I said earlier, how crazy I get, you know, I, I, Literally, I, I forgot how much I hated CP3's body posture, that he looks like he's always holding a nickel between his ass cheeks as he's walking. Um, I hated the the entire fan base of Phoenix. I hated that Aiton looks secretly 85 years old, even though he's in his early 20s. I just I was just soaking myself with hate. Do you do that? You know, or, yeah. or am I kind of on the other side? Well, 
First of all, are you allowed to hate a player, but then also call that player by his nickname? <laughs> I think like, so. If you do it with enough contempt. You didn't do it. You weren't like CP3. <laughs> like, I would rather have a CP4. You know, like it wasn't. I don't know if that's allowed. Marcus, is that allowed? I don't know if that's allowed. I'm going to go ahead and let it happen this right now. I think oh, that's a good point. Fuck you, Wes. I wish yeah, you had I a hate his posture, too. Yeah, I'd use it. I'd use your like fake flops, too. All right. right. I hate well, CP3's fake flops. I'm, I'm going to ignore that question, Bram, because I honestly don't know what it was after you called Chris Paul by his nickname after you said you hated him. <laughs> but I'm going to, after I like kind of buttered you guys up and Warriors fans up with some like positivity to start the half glass full segment, can I just go. like tear everybody apart right now? I would like you not to. And I wish you had a shitty nickname that I could use angrily, but go ahead. <laughs> um so uh i cannot believe how much warriors fans are panicking after this loss and then you both getting on to your own podcast saying ah it was a good loss all this stuff like i don't know how much like are we just like back to entitled warrior fan again like this is like it's almost like the coronavirus pandemic where you know everybody's like locked indoors for like a year and, and two years and you know what i really I really took that time to find out more about myself and to reconnect with friends and family. I feel like we've all learned. And as soon as stuff opens up, everyone's like, screw that. Get rid of this mask. The vaccine is nonsense. All this stuff. Like, we didn't learn anything at all from the coronavirus pandemic. And I feel like these last two years, you guys just, like, you're two years removed from winning 15 games in a season, doing nothing but losing to, like, Oklahoma City by 30 points like and all of a sudden you're like oh my god now we're reminded what it's like to be mortal well, we should have been reminded what it was like to be mortal after the last two yes, years we are what three is this years nonsense? we're three crazy. years removed from five straight fucking finals appearances so losing settle in the down finals. so we'll put five years removed from losing five, in the final i'm not saying from being the final. i'm saying five straight finals appearances five years in a row we're three right. years removed from that but right. you're mishearing us I'm not saying you should go huge on this. I'm saying that there are some upsides. I'll give you some downsides too. Here's some shit that worried me. The the size really concerns me. Um, it's making yes. Wiseman's return way more important because it's right. not just that they prove to themselves that Aiton can switch defensively. Is that they prove to themselves that they can always find him when he's in an offensive mismatch. That's a fucking issue, man. And I hate the confidence that this is going to provide to Phoenix with Booker hurt. You know, mm -hmm. he's not going to play in this next one either. It's it's all upside for them. If they lose, it means nothing. So look, it's a November game. I don't think we should go either way, but these shots at Warrior fans might be a little bit misfounded, and especially at us. I mean, I yeah. we're handling this very well. I resent the fact that you asked if I'm back to being an entitled Warriors fan. I've always been an entitled Warriors fan. <laughs> I, I do not go back to that. I stay there, and I have a house there, and I pay my taxes on it, so I was I've been there and yeah. hell yeah, we went through a long time of, of losing. So we were dominant for five years, five straight appearances. That's more than your beloved Heatles. So I, I think we've earned this right to wow. Uh, bash out this. And I'll go further shit. I am not an Adonis Warriors fan for 30 of the like 35 years I rooted for these guys. They were terrible. Fuck your two seasons, Wes. I rooted for them for decades where they were awful. <laughs> so no, I'm very used to this. Also, Marcus, let's start calling Wes CP3, but like in a really angry way, like we'd prefer CP4. Done. <laughs> All right. I love it. Um, also, one more thing on the one more thing on that Phoenix Suns game. Like I my big takeaway from it was just that both of those teams are legit. I don't really, don't really care who won the game. Like you could play seven of those games. I have no idea who wins just because Phoenix won the first one. I don't know who would win a series. You know what I mean? Like they won the first one at home. 
whatever. Um, those are the two best teams in the Western Conference. I don't think it's very close. I would, I would, I, I'm not ready to write off Utah. You know, maybe if Denver gets healthy by the time the postseason rolls around, but right now, like those are the top two teams, and it's not even a question. But uh, you gotta give the Suns a little bit of credit, like you guys have. But like, it like Steph Curry had an off shooting night, but part of that was just he was missing open shots. Part of that was he wasn't in rhythm because Mikael Bridges is an awesome defender, and Steph never was able to get into rhythm. DeAndre Ayton does like take Kevon Looney's lunch money on both ends of the court, like. There are things that make and Devin Booker didn't play the entire second half and they, you know, went on that run. So um, there are things that they do that Golden State doesn't do well. And there's things that I think the Warriors can do that could uh, counter a lot of that stuff, too. So I like again, my big takeaway was from that was not even the result. It's just that like a seven game series between those teams would be really, really close. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I can help you though. The the Warriors win in six. Boom. Well, here I got some prediction questions for you guys in a second. But first, give props to the league. You know, when they announced the Christmas Day schedule and it was Warriors v Phoenix, I thought it was kind of a weird matchup. You know, I was happy to see the Warriors and fine Phoenix, no problem. They were in the Western Conference Finals last year, or in the finals last year. Um, but I didn't foresee that as like some you know matchup between mega teams. And now it looks like they selected it perfectly. So good for them. Uh, perfect transition. So let's move to the five golden questions. I segment both of you boys are very familiar with Wes helped me name it. Um, but here we are going through mailbag questions from listeners. They are both personal and warriors related. I've seen these. That's certainly true this week. And the first one dovetails exactly into what the hell we were just talking about. So quote boys, please ask Bram Marcus and Wes from the future. To answer these questions, here's our first. Wes, over under 30 points for Steph on Friday. What do you take? Uh, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under 30 points. Um, I think that the way that Phoenix played him in that first game, they're going to do it the same way. They're going to, uh, I think he'll have a better game. You know, he'll have a better game than he did, but I don't think he'll get 30. I think he'll score somewhere in the 20s and he's going to get a lot of other guys involved just because how aggressive the, the Suns were on him. I'll take the over, but I'm hesitant and nervous about it. So I'm going to say, and I don't have a lot of analytics for this, that Steph stopped Steph in that game on Wednesday, not uh, Bridges and not Phoenix. I saw the job he did. I saw the blocks he had. I saw the length that he presented with. I also saw Steph miss eight, count them eight wide open shots. Do I think that happens again? No. No, I do not. And my money is on the most entertaining player I've ever watched. I'm a little nervous, but I'll take the over. MT, split the difference. What do you got? I'm going to go over too, um, just because he's shooting those eight open shots at home. Um, and one of those was a layup. And um, Mikel Bridges deserves um, all NBA recognition and uh, attention. But I just don't think that they um, continue to be able to do that. Um, and I think some of the calls go a little bit more the Warriors way at home as well. Wes, take your uh, your Nostradamus hat. Who makes it further in the playoffs this year, Phoenix or the Warriors? Wow. We're, we're, those are long way predictions. Um, I mean, didn't Nostradamus predict things that happened like thousands of years out, out in the future? This is only a few months. I don't feel like I'm asking that much. I mean, I guess. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, uh, I think, um, I think the, they go equally as far. I think they both make it to the Western conference finals. I think it goes seven games. Um, and then I have no idea. Honestly, I can't make a pick. I'll say, uh, I'll say Phoenix. 
the the thing that made me and i've already kind of alluded to it the thing that really got my attention makes me a little bit nervous about the way wednesday played out is that it super underlines the importance of james wiseman you know clay's gonna make a huge difference and i cannot wait for him to come back but he's not a one-on-one scorer that's not the problem he's gonna solve And Wiseman's in a position to solve one of the biggest problems that Wednesday night presented. Who the fuck guards Aiden? You know, who even guards JaVale McGee on that team? We had an issue. And so, like, on one side, they're going to be able to provide Wiseman with something they couldn't last year, a defined role. This is all we need, you know? (laughs) Go in there, put your hands up, and jump high. We know that you can do that, and we know that you can be seven feet. On the do, other, do we know, but but do we know that he can do that? Okay, like, that's, that's the problem. Questions. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, we don't know. I mean, I, I am confident that, you know, can he be tall and jump? Sure. But can he competently do that in a high-profile game? Can he do that in the playoffs? Like, can that's he, an Can issue. he be jumping in the right spot? Right. Like, it's one thing if he's jumping in, like, the mid-post where the play is happening behind him. Yep. Um, or if he's not helping on the right side of the play or something. That's my thing with – I know that Warriors fans keep saying, like, you know, just wait until we get James Wiseman back. We have an answer for DeAndre Ayton. Like, Wiseman was tall, but that was it. And for all intents and purposes, he's still a rookie. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have my questions about whether or not he's actually going to matter when I, he comes back. I'm so, with you on that, Wes. I, I feel like the Wiseman it has a lot of potential, but him being out for that this extended period of time he's not going to come back in and just be a defensive difference maker like he fouled a lot and he you know he was frustrating at times with his position yeah. so i don't i don't think he comes in and immediately yeah but hold on like, i'm not talking about handcuffs him, on i'm eight. not talking about him becoming gobert i don't need Kawhi leonard that's not what we're saying who we had on those guys last night frequently was steph fucking curry I mean, we, we're literally, I would have done as good of a job on those guys as Steph did just because of the physical dominance they had. So Wait, did not, you hear that Steph is an all NBA defender though? But not as, point guard, <laughs> as a point guard, not as a center. I'm not expecting Wiseman to become Bill Russell. That that's not the conversation we're having. And obviously I have the same concerns. What I was going to say is look, if I have any reason to say Phoenix is this, there's a big hole. I'm not sure how they're going right. to fill. But, you know, there's some the other part. I'm sorry. The other, the other part of that, too, is like I know that we tend to focus on like, oh, you need a seven footer against another seven footer. You put Wiseman on the floor. All Phoenix is going to do is run pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul and Devin Booker are just going to tear James Wiseman apart. Like exactly. you're going to get him on switches that James and James Wiseman is got no idea where to put his feet, where to put his hands. Like Marcus said, like he starts he starts fouling and reaching and and just grabbing anything in front of him until it's behind him. Um, I, that's, that's just a really tough spot to be in. I think what's made the Warriors so good this year is that you kind of just put lineups out there and yeah, like Gary Payton can't shoot most nights and Andre Guadalla can't shoot most nights when like, you know, like Jordan Poole's not the best defender, but for the most part, these, like these guys aren't taking anything glaring off the table, right? Like there's not like a point in that rotation in that lineup where opponents can just sort of pick and prod at until, until they find like just this crazy advantage. James Wiseman to me is sort of the weak spot if you put him out there. But you hate James Wiseman. You once said he was going to play no more than like 10 minutes the entire season this year. I mean, to be fair, you're not a giant James Wiseman fan, but to to work backwards. I am a big James Wiseman fan. I just don't <laughs> think he's ready to contribute right now. To work backwards, point number one. Put him back. 
you got to put him on the Kaminga, the Moses Moody development plan, and that just don't. Play. Yes. Okay. I, I'm I'm with that. I'm I'm totally with that, and I'm going to get there. Here's point number one: We're going to make Marcus go first on whatever the next question is, because right now he's just cherry picking, and he always has support. So we'll just drop in exactly behind your take about why Wiseman was out, which makes me hate him immediately. But point number two: The reason why I think Wiseman's in a better position, Matt, and it's exactly what you said with Kaminga, and a little bit less so for Moody. What they're doing with them this year is what they never did with Wiseman last year. Last year, Wiseman was a puzzle piece without a fucking puzzle to fit into. You know, they didn't tell him exactly what they needed. They were letting him bring the ball up the court to show his athleticism, but they didn't actually have a system that needed a big man to bring the ball up the court. This year, it's going to be a very defined role, very specific, very similar to what they're doing with Kaminga. You know, come in, give us like 40 seconds here or two minutes there. Can he do it? I don't know. Can he do it at the playoff levels? I don't know. And to bring it all the way back to the pending question, if I have any reason to worry that Phoenix makes it further in the playoffs, it's because I'm not sure if Wiseman can make the leaps. It's exactly what you guys are saying. But I'm also not willing to say he can't. I think that there's absolutely a path to his success. I'll give you my answer. I think Golden State makes it further, but uh, yeah, it's December 1st. We have a long way to go before we see that question play out. Um, Marcus, take the question further. Who is the current Western Conference final in your mind? I still think Utah gets it together. Um, I, I think the Warriors are there um, in the finals, and it's between Phoenix and Utah, and I've I have to stick with my pick from the beginning of the season. I think Utah somehow figures out a way to pull it all together and they, they beat Phoenix. I'm not, I'm not convinced that um, Chris Paul will stay healthy. Um, We know his track record with that. And I think um, him going down is a bigger blow to them than, than Devin Booker or some of their other pieces. So um, I think injury derails them and slows them down a little bit per usual with, with Chris Paul. And um, I think it's the jazz and warriors and the Western conference. Finals. You mean CP three. We like to refer to him as uh, <laughs> as CP three on this show. Wes, I've been excited to ask you this. Uh, you already know it's coming because we covered it in the show notes before we hit record, but here's the question quote. I like everyone else made fun of the new crypto name for staples until I heard someone refer to it as the crypt, which is fucking dope. We need a nickname for Chase. Do you boys have any suggestions? So I got some suggestions here. I reached out via Twitter. We got some from the audience. One's from me. The rest is from the field, we'll say. Here are your options. The bank, Splash Center, the Big Doc, the Vault, House of Curry. Or if you guys have something else. So immediate impressions, Wes. What do you think about a nickname for an arena? Are you on board for that? And if you are, what do you think about these nicknames? Always on board with for an arena nickname, um, especially in this new day and age where like arenas and stadiums, like we can just go all sports, like used to have super cool names. And now they all suck. Like every name just is awful. Uh, like Levi stadium, like cool, like jeans, I guess. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Chase, I like the bank. I like the idea of the dock. I like this because it's a, uh, the proximity to the water and stuff. When you guys start, when you said Chase, I understand what Chase is. It's like a bank and, and you know, whatever. Uh, my immediate thought was like a chase scene. How could yeah. you incorporate like a movie? And I think of like famous movie chase scenes. And there's one that's really great in Blues Brothers. And Blues Brothers kind of works for like Steph and Clay and Draymond. Like 
I don't know if like the the House of the Blues brother. This it's oh House of Blues. House of Blues. The House of Blues. There it is. Oh. All right. That's I mean a lot of steps. You know what I mean? Great name, but you'd have yeah. to explain it a lot of times. I've um, always said the Warriors fan base is one of the most smartest plugged in fan bases in the world. <laughs> I think if we just call it, start calling it House of Blues, they would understand. Also, it's kind of insinuates that like opponents that come by problems are coming a little blue a little yeah bit. problems are coming leave. yeah you're coming to the house of blues i so the bank was mine i like it because you know take it to the bank it costs hell of money mm. to go there i mean like there's other things <laughs> that you can throw in um but i like house of blues too it i mean a, a lot of mental work you have to burn some calories to understand its reference so i'm gonna stick with the bank but i'm gonna throw there i'm gonna agree disagree yeah, the uh, we'll make we this. call it the airport terminal because that's what it looks like. <laughs> call also it like not, not quite as catchy. B3. Yeah, but it doesn't uh, doesn't require a lot of mental calories burnt. You're right there. I do understand that one immediately. Uh, Wes, here's our next question. Steph won his third straight Western Conference Player of the Month in November. Have you uh, ever had more fun watching one person do their job? So I'll go first to give you time to think um, and expand it. You don't have to limit it to sports, but it's probably going to be a sports-related answer. So I'm going to say no, dude. Steph is the most entertaining person I've ever watched, and I'll take it a step further. He is a really random and rare combination. So if you think back on sports movies, you realize almost immediately they're never about the favorite right? All like Hoosiers, Teen Wolf, any of these ones out there, any of the old school ones, you're always rooting for the underdog because it feels better to root for someone you don't think is going to win. And then they pull it off, you know, the, the celebration that, that ensues. Well, what Steph does is combine two things because of how he looks, because of his small stature, because of his background with a you know, really small school in Davidson, you feel like you're rooting for the underdog. But secretly, because of his unbelievable skill set, because of who the hell he is, because of how competitive he is, you're actually rooting for the favorite. And I don't think there's ever been any other athlete who lets you have both sides of the coin. You know, you feel like you're rooting for Scott Howard, but actually you're rooting for Teen Wolf. So I, I am on board. I think not only is he the most entertaining player I've ever watched. But I think that he adds this combination that is completely unique, not one I think we'll see again. Uh, look, Steph is a great answer. There's a reason why like the Warriors still played primetime games when they weren't winning games the last two years. It's because of Steph Curry, right? Or really just last year because Steph was injured for most of that first year. But um, there, there's a re- like he is – it's him and LeBron, right? Like those are the two guys you pay the most money to see in, in today's NBA. Um, and that would be my answer. I, I Steph's up, dude. Like, I you, you, I miss watching Steph every single night, right? Like, that's the guy. Like, there's just nothing like him on the planet, and uh, he's just so entertaining to watch. The way he moves off the ball to me is the most fun. Like, when that just that chaos that ensues off of like an offensive rebound or a loose ball, and you just you're like, where's Steph? Where's Steph? And you, as the viewer, know exactly. All right, you watch enough Steph uh, Warriors games, you know to try to find where Steph is because you know what's going to happen is his teammates are going to pick up the loose ball, get that offensive rebound, immediately try to locate him, get the ball to him. And for some reason, every single time this happens, the defense always just forgets that he exists and he shoots like a wide open three. And just like, it's like one of those things, obviously, you know, growing up a heat fan, it was like that Dwayne Wade pump fake. It was like every time it catches them every single time. How does the defense not know that that's coming? It's like, as soon as the Warriors grab an offensive rebound, all five guys just go right towards Steph and forget about the rebound altogether, but they never do. Um, so that was my, 
I think the other the other answer I have would be LeBron James when he was going those runs, not even with Miami so much. Um, I think a lot of that stuff was really enjoyable. Those playoff runs with LeBron, you know, he that like crazy efficient night that he had against the Boston Celtics in game six with that like famous LeBron meme face. Like that was one of the best games he ever played for the heat, but I really enjoyed his Cleveland Cavalier days. Like that second stint where he like, I remember that Toronto Raptors series where he just torched Toronto. Um, he had that crazy, like historic playoff run better than like, anything Michael Jordan ever did. And that was like the whole talk of the, the league and all that stuff. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, not the whole talk of the league. I don't know what you're talking about. Outside of San Francisco and Oakland, but like, <laughs> and almost uh, anywhere else. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're not going to suck me into a LeBron MJ cock, but uh, I, I hear I tried, you. I tried. <laughs> um, so that would be so LeBron, like, and those, like, that was like just when he's at his peak, just dominance, because he's bringing you the physicality of it all and the athleticism and everything like that. So that's one answer too, tied with Steph. Um, and then the third answer, Bram, would be Lola Bunny, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you're just deeply trolling me now. I'm just going to tell you only because you forced me into it. I now hate the House of Blues. <laughs> Terrible nickname. I don't I don't even understand it. I don't get where it came from. So you, do some mental gymnastics. You can have yourself. Burn some mental calories. Here's our final question. And maybe the one I've been looking forward to most. Quote, who on this Warriors team do you think has a social media burner account? So I got some suggestions to organize our thoughts, but obviously, man, right. feel free to uh, to venture outside of these names. The first person I'll ask two. you. Okay, well, let me, uh, yeah, I'll, then I'll just think out loud and then you tell me whether or not it fits into yours. So the first person I thought, Steph, right? Would he have it? I'm going to go no. You know, and and even if he does, he wouldn't interact with anything sports related. He'd have a burner account where he drops inspirational Bible quotes on strangers or something. You know what I mean? But like nothing like, oh, Steph's the greatest. Like he would he'd want to improve some stranger's life, but not like do anything. else. So I say no. But in related news, there is a Curry who does. I think Aisha 100 (laughs) percent. Like, I don't know how yeah, much money saying. I'd be willing to bet, but a, a really a lot of money that Curry has. I, I, I think Aisa has like more than two or three, and I bet you they're all bananas positive on Aisha Curry food. You know, Right. It's just like, have you been you. to International Smoke? You should go. Like, <laughs> And then the other one's like, of course I have. I love it. And then the third one's like, no, why? Can you give me some suggestions on what to order there? Like, I, I could just see that going down 100%. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. I think like Steph would, Steph would never, uh, because Aisha wouldn't allow Steph to have a burner account. She would judge him hardcore for it. But then at the same time, she's she's definitely got her own burner, just like commenting on her Instagram and her Twitter, just being like, "Go to international." Like she's probably got a burner on Yelp too. You know what I mean? Just like throwing five star oh, reviews, hundred percent, like hundred percent day, and nothing yeah. wrong with that. By the way, um, Draymond, I thought about, and I'm gonna say no. I think no. Draymond will just tell you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he would just come on there as his own. So I, I don't think, uh, I don't think he does. I thought loon, I don't really know why, you know, in fact, I was going to use it as a really unnecessary entry level to make some jokes about his appearance. You know, loon would hop on as a burner account and be like, does anyone else think loon is strangely handsome or, you know, like, I don't know why you guys talk about his face at all, but I'm not going to say that Wes, because that's really unprofessional and totally rude. So instead I'm going to say, here's someone who definitely, Definitely does, and it's on the team. Jordan Poole. Yep. I feel number like, one. you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's reached this, like, he's successful, but he still thinks he's more successful than everybody else has realized. 
And right. I can see him just adding exclamation points to compliments. You know, Jordan Poole is really developed. And then the burner account is like, but you don't know how much, you know, Jordan's pool shot looks so good. Well, that makes sense because of how much time I've heard he spent in the gym, like that kind of shit. I can see him constantly putting two on the 10, like just always yeah. underlining a little bit. So um, I think Warriors fans that pay attention to some of the coverage of Jordan Poole would be like, well, Jordan doesn't have social media. He stays off of that, all this stuff. Like all these stories that were written about him, including from myself, because that's such an easy story to write when you're a beat writer on like an off day. Like, oh, <laughs> NBA player who's a millennial doesn't have a social media account. They're so woke. Like, no, uh, I don't care about any of that stuff. Don't spoil the fun. Jordan Poole definitely has a burner account. Even if he doesn't have a, a regular Twitter account, I don't know if he, like, whatever, if he doesn't use it, doesn't matter. Don't ruin the fun. He has, he has a burner account. The other guy, can I give you the other guy? Please. Andre Iguodala, thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent Andre Iguodala. Number one, nobody loves Andre Iguodala more than Andre Iguodala. <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of people love Andre Iguodala. Who doesn't love Andre Iguodala? Andre Iguodala sees your love and raises it like a million percent. Um, he's also, if you've like, if you've read or listened to some of the interviews that he was giving preseason, extremely plugged in to the league, but also the criticism that people have of certain players yeah. in the league. And you only get, you only get that kind of knowledge by scrolling through Twitter, right? Like that's, he was, it was very specific. Like 1% of the universe that exists on Twitter was the, was the criticism he was responding to. I don't know that he's doing that from his account. I can see him totally having a burner account following all like the, uh, the, the Stephen A's and the Skip Bayless's and all that kind of stuff. And just going through and commenting on people and, telling them that they don't really know basketball and that I he plays the game and all that stuff. Like that's a hundred percent Iggy. I can see him making random ass references that nobody really understands. You know, right. like that reminds me of startup company X and it's like, what? Like that's not, right. we're not even talking about but anything. He's, like, yeah, he's got a burner for basketball Twitter and he's got a burner for like startup Twitter. Just all over the place has one that only drops comments on the companies that he's invested in, you know, like, right. Oh, you guys might want to check out this for random reasons. All right. You're definitely right. I love that. And let's make this judgment theater. All right. So I was going to ask, do you have a burner account, but don't answer that. Let me guess. And then I'll return the favor. I'll be completely honest with you after your guess. My guess for us is yes, but a passive one. I mean, you're starting up a bunch of, of new accounts. You got the Substack. you are reestablishing yourself as a phenomenal beat writer in Florida. So I don't think you're out there, you know, dropping hyperbolic takes, but I can see a occasional like or retweet from a burner account to make sure that this, these new enterprises get up and off the ground and are successful. Am I right, dude? Where am I at here? So you're not right, but you're not wrong. I under, cause I understand where you're coming from. And maybe I actually, that sounds like great business of great business practice that maybe I should just adopt and go ahead and do. But, um, I did give it a thought, like it, it, it would be nice if somebody like read my Substack and then did that, you know, that thing where they clip a part, like a paragraph, like, wow, love the way Wes is with words or whatever. And then like quote, quote tweeted my link with like that paragraph. I was like, maybe I'll just create a burner and just do that for my favorite parts oh, of yeah. my own stories. Oh yeah. Um, I did have that thought like a month ago and I didn't do it because I have way more self-respect. Um, but you know what? Maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should just do it. What's your guess for me? Yeah, you want you 100% have a burner account. There's no doubt about it. Like <laughs> you 100%, you are retweeting Warriors Huddle stuff. You're, you're like respond like you, you kind of toe the line of being professional and just like, just being a complete like warriors 
Twitter hater kind of guy pretty often, <laughs> but I feel like you still have like, you know, you and I like off, off camera, off mic conversations, you let it go even more. And I feel like you need a burner account to just like kind of get that out of your system, you know, online. So there's some sort of brand burner out there. That's just saying like the most, like just critical stuff of warriors fans who you don't agree with. You're just going and attacking them, you know, dropping your enemies um, against warriors huddle, all that stuff. Like I don't know what the burner account is, you never told me what it is, but I'm a thousand percent sure you have one. All right. I love that response. Loved almost every portion of it. The only part I didn't like is right before you said, yeah, yeah, yeah Bram definitely has a burner account while talking about your own. He's like, yeah, I was thinking about doing it, but then I had too much self-respect. So I mean, <laughs> you bastard, dude, like unbelievable. You reached through the zoom meeting and just punched me right in the face. So here's the sad reality. Of course I have a burner account, dude. Of course <laughs> I, I do. do. But, but a little bit different than what you're talking about. So to be fully transparent, which I always like to be, when we first started this thing, that, that uh, scenario that I presented to you, you're trying to get something new off the ground. Why wouldn't you have burner accounts? I'm basically just reading pages from my diary. You know, when we first started this thing, getting people to listen is impossible. I wasn't a B writer. There's no reason for fools to listen to me. So I had hell of uh, burner accounts and they weren't just on social media. I was going to like, Warriors World forums, and I would say positive things and then ugly things. I'd be like, oh, Has anyone heard this podcast? And then I'd have another burner account. I heard it and I hated it. And then I would start like a discussion. And the second there was, you know, conflict over something, people would That's listen genius, and have honestly. an opinion, dude. Like it, and it, it worked. It's one of the reasons we were able to get here. So I'm far enough along now where I no longer need things like their names, like Vontigo Cummings headband or David <laughs> Wood, or they were all like these old school references that were like desperate to show people, Oh, this person must really be a Warriors fan. So now I do still have a burner account, but it's an unintended one. We signed up a Twitter account under the old name. It's like the NBA huddle. And so it's like at NBA huddle or something huddle. And I, that's the one I have on my work computer. I don't have it on my phone. And I will occasionally go in through that one. And I like, I will retweet and I will like shit. And I, I, I don't think I've ever used it to, to comment on anything, but it has like one follower, you know, and the only, I think it's the Warriors huddle. I think all I'm doing is like self-aggrandizing <laughs> to me. So it does exist, but it's not super powerful. But I, to, to, to give you the shortest version, I don't have any self-respect and a hundred percent do have a burner. So fuck yourself. Uh, you should also use that. Uh, burner to just start like commenting on international smoke stuff <laughs> just get on e Aisha's good side there a hundred percent and to get the whole house of blues nickname going you know what i mean i mean just yeah let's let's throw that into the twitter sphere and then just see what happens i mean it, it's worth a just shot yeah there's a lot that there's a lot that exists on the twitter sphere <laughs> with Wes, I miss you. I appreciate you. And I know that I am not alone, man. People out there need more Goldberg in their life. Where do they go? Follow me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. That is not my burner. Uh, Instagram at WC Goldberg because people do that nowadays. YouTube, Locked On Heat and Locked On NBA. And then um, follow the Substack, uh, westgoldberg.substack.com. It's mostly Miami stuff. It's all Miami stuff, but you know, just you know, subscribe, whatever, and then just delete the email. That's fine. Um, it, uh, and then uh, if you want to stay in, I'm working on a new podcast project, Bram. I don't no. know if I've told you this already. No. But, um, it is not heat related. It's not Miami necessarily related. It's, uh, it's more national in scope. It will allow me to 
uh, get off my takes on the Warriors when I'm not invited on the Warriors huddle, um, in between invites, I should say, of the Warriors huddle and, um, and just all other things. That, and that's about as much as I could say right now. But if people do want to be the first to know about that new project, just shoot me your email on any of my Twitter, Instagram, social media accounts, or just email it to me at wcgoldberg at gmail.com. Um, and then I'll add you to basically an Excel spreadsheet. And then I'm going to use that to keep everybody informed when I'm ready to announce that project. Add Bram at definitely wants to listen to this podcast.com. Dude, I'm, I'm on board on that. Make sure you include me. I'll also yeah. give you a free plug for the Substack. I think you guys know I don't give a shit about Miami. Don't give a shit about the heat. I'm not a Miami sports fan. I also really enjoy Wes's Substack, despite the subject matter. This guy is entertaining and it is worth checking out. So he certainly has my full support for us. We're only on one social media account. Warriors huddle. I, I guess you could follow the NBA huddle, but there's no need for that. If you want to shoot us a question or let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job, shoot us an email, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Actually, warriorshuddle at uh, huddle at warriorshuddle.com. And then finally, last but not least, something I should have been doing for a while. If you guys want to reach out and support us on Patreon, means the world to us. You'll get some extra content. Um, and even more than that, there's a certain group of people, those of you who are nice enough to donate $15 a month, we consider an executive producer. And I want to start name dropping you at the end of episodes. Let me do that now. Quick thank you to Amy B, Cheryl W, Jeff SK, Noah D, Stefan K, and my boy Brad Q. You mean the world to us. So do all the rest of the Patreon supporters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Also, fuck CB3. Good, good. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.